What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. I want to be careful about how I talk about this, because the last impression I want to leave is one that leaves you feeling sorry for yourself for how things are. So although I will acknowledge reality, I won't skirt around it, I will try and focus more on what we get out of this reality instead of what it takes away. So I'll come right out and say it. I have a problem with being alone. I always have. And after much deliberation and being alone for the past two years, I realized that there is no such thing as not being alone. We are essentially always alone. No matter if we have people to share life with or not. In some of the deep revelations I've had about myself, one of them was this realization that ever since I was a kid, I've always managed to try and share the experience with someone else. As kids, when we were given candy at school on some special days, unlike the other kids who ate it right away because they were excited, it's candy, I put mine in my pocket, brought it home, and shared it with my sister. Something about having the experience together made it better for me than to have it alone. To me, always, alone, it was just a piece of candy to enjoy, and that will soon be forgotten about like it never happened. But when shared, it became a sweet experience and a memory shared with someone else. In some ways, my ability to share since I was young is a healthy inner dynamic to have. Something about abundance, something like I am never worried that there isn't enough candy for me. If I wanted more, I can have more. So there's some healthy dynamic about that. But part of it also comes to mind when thinking about having the inner desire to share the candy, to share anything to the extent where any experiences with the self are left under-exercised. It depends on if you feel the need to share and you leave enough experiences with yourself having the candy alone. And I definitely exercise my sharing with others muscle, but I don't know how much I exercised the one where I just was enough for myself. So in a way, I'm also saying that I alone am not enough for myself to have a memorable experience. That in my hierarchy of values, I alone am lower than when someone else is included. And in these revelations, I've seen this connect to and play out in so many other aspects of my life that I just made sure in every other places in my life, I made sure I found myself always trying to bring a partner or a buddy along to do it with. I relate a lot to this with a simple metaphor. One that played out and became a metaphor from my real life. Every day in my childhood, I never wanted to stand in the lunch line alone. If I got to lunch late and everyone had already sat down with their food, I would wait until everyone was done with their food and food was probably getting stale and cold in the cafeteria. 
I would wait until they're done, until one of them were free to go through the line with me again. In the lowest resolution version of me not wanting to be alone, the simple metaphor for me is, it's just me wanting company while I stand in line. And luckily, I always had amazing friends, so circumstance would have it that I, again, never exercised at having to go to the line alone. Probably never. And then, again, this plays out in other places in my life. I've seen plenty of memes on Instagram that talk about eating alone, how someone who can go to the restaurant and eat alone is a beast of a man, a dangerous person, someone with the extreme confidence to do whatever in life. And by those measures, I guess I'm no beast because I have probably never sat down and ate at a restaurant alone. I know friends, I have friends who go watch the movies alone. I can't imagine doing that. That just sounds like depression to me. And I worked in the field alone when I was visiting areas in different territories, outside every day in different neighborhoods. And all my coworkers naturally would be around all these different nice restaurants and would stop and eat something for lunch daily. Sit somewhere, grab a pizza, grab a bite. And I think in 10 years of being in the field, I don't think I've eaten by myself for more than five times. And even in those five times, it was probably just me picking up a bagel through a drive-thru and eating it alone in the car. The point is, I have a poor relationship with being alone. I can remember one instance in my life where I used to sit in the garage alone by myself for hours, and that's the one time in my life that I can really remember just being really enough for myself. But if any of my stories resonate with you, and you are like me, I can tell you why this poor relationship with being alone can be a huge problem. In the past year, I've learned the benefit of having kids. I've seen it play out by being a kid to my father. Because when you get older, like my father has, at least someone can take over some of the responsibility off of you. And of course, it's dependent on your kids and the relationship with you and their prior entanglements and whatever else they got going on. So that's not to say everybody can do it, but my never wanting to be alone self who really desperately wants to feel like someone is there in life to share the load with, have company with, who co-pilots and co-creates and shares the decision-making load with you, that part of me really wishes to have kids so that they would share this load with me at a time when maybe my mind and my body doesn't allow for it. But in saying this out loud the other day, I realized the key thing. That someone else, whoever else, that is there to help share your load can never offload the depths of your soul. They can only handle and manage the surface stuff. I realized even through my desperate state that wants to ward off being alone, that really there is no ailment to the part of you that feels alone. That part of you, regardless of who is there. You see, I can be here and do the superficial things and manage the external matters of my father's life. As I wish my kid would do for me. That desperate part of me wishes that my kid would offload that for me. But the man suffering with all his sorrows and his thoughts, is still him on his bed 
all day, ruminating. There is no company I can give him there. No line I can stand with him in. He is alone in the burdens that he carries in his psyche. And I realized that my superficial need to have company was so I can distract myself from the recesses of that ultimate place where no one can be with me in. The reason I look for company is so I can distract myself from the part of me that knows no company can ever reach it. I realize what I'm mostly afraid of is being alone with my thoughts. Because it is the only place I cannot be reached or touched or held or accompanied. And the irony is, it is this place inside of us we must know most intimately. To be at peace with most harmoniously. And it is this part of me that I try to ward off with distractions or company. But no matter how much time apart we spend, the place we return to is ourselves in full view, and it's never going away. So the silence and the alone time that we need with it, with ourselves, to build that bond enough where we can at least remain consistent in our energy when left just by ourselves. Like, at least we don't feel like something has been taken away, plugged away, half of. I think that time alone, the silence to build that bond can be the most useful work that we can do. I can't think of many more important things to do in life than to first build that intimacy with yourself where you can be by yourself, with yourself, without distraction, and still be joyful to be enough for yourself. The reality is that my entire premise of sharing life could be hinged upon some real deep desire and insecurity that was left unmet, some fear of being alone, and again, that me, by myself, is less than me plus one. Reality is that no one can really ever even step in for you as you need you. No one is ever coming to save you from you as you can. And this is by good design. Because everyone else doesn't have that either. Everyone else has their own demons and their own battles to fight. They really cannot be focused on you. Because in the same way, you are not aware of the depth of their mind as they are. They are alone in that like you are in yours. One of Ray Dalio's principles states that, remember that most people will pretend to operate in your interest while operating in their own. And that might sound negative at first, but... To acknowledge it objectively, why should it be any different? Who would look out for their self-interest if they don't? 
Who will look out for yours if you don't? You are alone in that. The concept that any such depth that must look out for you ultimately, that depth, that deep of a place can ever be shared with another human being is just a fallacy. This very intimate relationship we have with ourselves is deep enough and confusing enough to consume our entire life. Imagine bringing in someone else. Imagine we can have access to someone else's mind and their depth. We could not handle having to mind another's or another to meddle in ours without full context unless they had full view. And how could they not be overwhelmed by two if we can barely handle the intimate relationship with ourselves as one? We can't handle the depths of one. They would literally have to read your mind and experience the emotions as you experience them. And to have them then be shaped and be molded by them as you are. That's the only way someone can reach you in those depths. How is that possible? That is impossible. And there is a part of you that will never be touched by anyone else but you. Even if you live a full life, that one part of you will always be only accessible to you. That part is forever alone, as it should be. For some of us, maybe we wouldn't even want to share those parts. And some of us spend our entire life trying to hide them. They say a man's life begins once he realizes that he is alone. That there is nothing outside of him that completes him or enhances him to be more fit for his destiny. He is, in himself, all his destiny needs to be destined. Love you, family. Stay true, always.